before you even spend a dime on any ads or anything, you need to first really think about the type of business that you've got because the type of business you have is going to dictate what kind of traffic campaign you may end up running or will ultimately end up running. So it really does first lend itself to thinking about, okay, what type of business do I have and where are my potential customers or clients hanging out online? This is Superfast Business with James Schramko. James Helping you build your business super fast. James Schramko here. Welcome back to Superfast Business. In this podcast series, we're doing it over multiple parts and I brought along my special guest, Ilana Wexler. Welcome to the call. Thanks so much, James. I always love coming on this podcast, so thanks so much for having me. We love it. We get a lot of good feedback. Your whole thing is you teach traffic. You've got teachtraffic.com and I've asked you if you could share a couple of insider tricks with us because you've been working on this great presentation, which is something along the lines of a traffic puzzle. You presented it at my event earlier this year, which was probably the last live event we're going to be having for a while. And it was very, very popular. I get tremendous amount of feedback on the replay. It's inside Superfast Business Membership. Members have been asking about it. I know you keep a close eye on our community. And we're going to be talking about traffic starting from scratch. So you can basically have a successful paid traffic campaign, no matter what industry or service category you're in, in any market. So it's pretty exciting. Just give me a, a little overview of what we're going to be covering in the next few episodes. Yeah. So we actually have a lot of information to cover, which is why I think we're going to hopefully split it up into three digestible chunks for people. But basically, I've been running a paid traffic agency for so long now, and there are trends that we've implemented for our clients across any industry in any market, really almost with any budget. So I've kind of distilled all my learnings from that into these three episodes. And so basically like episode one of this particular episode, we're going to cover, I guess, probably the big picture. And so if you're starting out from scratch, what are some of the initial things you got to do to get set up for the best chance of success? And then sort of in the later part of these three-part series, we're going to go through really, you know, rolling up our sleeves and the how-to stuff and low-hanging fruit you can implement. And um, the, so stuff that really works for any industry, for any budget. Right. So if we're listening to the series, by the end of it, we'll have a pretty good overview of what's available to us, what the next steps are. Of course, if you want to continue on and go past the series, then Alana's happy to help you out at Teach traffic.com. She's pretty much sponsoring these episodes, which is great. And I fully endorse that membership. This is episode 767. So if we say things you want to read back or go through and listen to again, you can head over to wherever you listen to your podcast and look it up. But also we transcribe every single word of this and try and condense it down into some good notes at episode 767 at superfastbusiness.com. Now, with that being said, Alana, where do we start? All right. So I think it's important to talk about, you know, why you might be interested in or considering running paid traffic for your business. And obviously, I'm going to be a little bit biased, having focused and specialized exclusively in paid traffic. But I do believe it's such an important piece in a very big pie. It's not the pie itself. It's not the only thing that a business owner should do by any means, but it is a very, very important piece in the whole marketing pie because you can draw a lot of the insights from your paid traffic campaigns into other forms of your marketing. It can help with your SEO, be it you understand if you're doing Google ads, converting keywords, they help with your SEO and what to invest in SEO. So it really does paint an important 
important picture of what you should focus on in your overall marketing. You can split test different messaging and see what messaging really resonates with your people. You can test your website conversion elements and see, make sure that your website converts. So there's really lots of reasons why incorporating paid traffic into your overall traffic strategy is really important. And really your goal with this is for your ads to pay for themselves and then they hopefully run along really nicely in the background that you can then work on other forms of your traffic. Right. So when the ads pay for themselves, we call that self-liquidated. And one of the great things about paid traffic is it can give you scale. Because if you own the first rankings for SEO and you're doing a good job with that and then you start going for the longer tails, which is like the easier to rank but less volume terms, with paid traffic, you can really grow a business much, much faster if you find your offer that converts and you can actually get it to pay for itself and then it snowballs. I've been able to achieve that on a couple of platforms where the front end marketing, which I pay for, a good example is Amazon platform. Mm. I'm able to run ads to my book that sell more books than the ads cost, which means that it's positively geared. It's kind of like an investment property. And that is leading people into a really rich source of indoctrination material that will help people decide if I'm a good person to coach them beyond that. So paid traffic can give you scale beyond what you can get with organic. It's fast. It forces you to know the numbers. You must know your numbers. And it actually sharpens up your skills because you've got to be good with the creatives and running the ads as well. So if you master paid traffic, you've got a powerful weapon. In fact, Delano, I was coaching someone recently and we were looking at a new business model and in the business model calculations and we used a spreadsheet, paid traffic was mandatory and we couldn't work the numbers into a way that the paid traffic would actually work. So she didn't do the business model from day one. Whereas I think a lot of owners would have gone into it and bled a fair bit of resource trying to get the paid traffic model to work and then discovered that it wasn't going to be viable because the numbers didn't stack up. Yep. So it makes you know what your margins are and it makes you understand the value of a customer and it helps you with your product portfolio. Like what products have you got? How much profit are you making? What are your other costs? So if you know all of this, you're going to be in a great position. I want to add one yeah. thing to that as well is that I know many people who before they even launch a product it's in a prototype version and they haven't gone down the road of manufacturing or anything they will run paid traffic campaigns to a page and see how many people add that item to the shopping cart and then on the final checkout page it says join the wait list but they want to see how many people are actually going to add it to their shopping cart before they've even created the product it reminds me of that story of tim ferris when he was doing the book titles for his four-hour work week it had a different book title before and then he ran ads to test the title and find the one that was market validated. So yeah, it definitely informs your search engine optimization campaigns. It helps you tune your sales copy. It's low-hanging fruit to scrape up people who have already shown an interest and visited your site, and then you can get in touch with them again easily. All the big companies are certainly the richest company on the planet's doing it, like Amazon. <laughs> uh, if you go and look at a product there, you'll start seeing ads for it sooner or later. Combined with everything else, of course, you know, with good emails and everything else that we talk about on this particular podcast. Absolutely. Take us on this journey. All right. So hopefully, James and I have really kind of enlightened you into the importance and the role that paid ads pays in your overall marketing strategy. By no means am I suggesting that this should be the only thing you do. It's an important piece, but there is definitely a big picture at play as well. Okay. So now that you have decided, yes, I want to engage in running some kind of paid traffic before 
before you even spend a dime on any ads or anything, you need to first really think about the type of business that you've got because the type of business you have is going to dictate what kind of traffic campaign you may end up running or will ultimately end up running. So for example, if you've got a service business like I don't know a dentist, let's say, your traffic strategy and your traffic, I guess, avenues that you're going to really explore are going to be really, really different to like an e-commerce product or, you know, a service type business. So it really does first lend itself to thinking about, okay, what type of business do I have and where are my potential customers or clients hanging out online? Does it also refer to the timing of things? Because, for example, an emergency plumber would have people who need something right now versus some businesses where it's not an urgent thing, but it's just, you know, more of an interruption type awareness, like a fidget spinner. You know, no one's waking up thinking, I urgently have to buy a fidget spinner right now. But the campaign you would want for that type of product is going to be very different to an emergency plumber. That's exactly right. And I think that really comes down to almost our third point that we're going to cover, which is your customer avatar and ultimately what offer or what you're going to be putting in front of that particular person that's going to get them into your ecosystem somehow. So there are different, you know, according to the sales funnel, different levels of entry points that people might have. So if we take the dentist, for example, an emergency dentist, someone's broken a tooth, uh, just like your emergency plumber, you'd run very much a Google ad campaign targeting that, you know, somebody's not going to go to Facebook to find an emergency plumber or an emergency dentist. However, you might think of a different offer that would be possibly relevant to be presented on Facebook for that dentist. Like teeth whitening. Exactly, exactly. But really, this avatar and this offer is, funnily enough, the hardest thing that people end up really trying to identify. It's, it's the thing that people really struggle the most with in terms of like who exactly they're serving and what's relevant to put in front of them. And it's, I guess it is somewhat of a creative process for people. Do you have a way of finding out what that is? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do now. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I guess I just... Do you do your research and have a look at the behaviours and the trends and the data? Yeah. For example, I know whenever I commission a copywriter, they always always want to know if I've done a deep dive survey, they want to speak to my customers, they want access to my products to get the vibe. That's the answer. They won't write copy or do creatives until they understand who they're dealing with, with what sort of problems, what sort of language people are using. Mm. Another way that you can really do a deep dive is by you know having a look at what your competitors are doing and one of the perks of advertising online is that you can pretty much reverse engineer what anyone's kind of digital campaigns are there are a lot of spy tools out there that you can use on the Facebook ad platform for example you can have a look at the ad library for any page that is running any ads so you can see in plain view for it anyone can see what their offer that they're using what ad copy they're using what creative they're doing. So really you can, and I'm by no means saying that you should copy, but get inspiration and ideas from what your competitors are doing. And I often like to do this regularly. Like we do this regularly. I teach people how to do it regularly because chances are if somebody's running an offer for a long time, it's converting yeah. and it's doing well for them. People won't keep things running for long if it doesn't work 
So, you know, doing it regularly is actually really important so that you can say, oh, well, they're not running that offer anymore. Chances are maybe it didn't work. I mean, you don't really know. But- Unless they're a multinational on a branding campaign where they're not tracking the metrics to any particular KPI. Yeah. It seems common with the very, very big enterprise companies. They don't even have a particular goal. They just have to spend budget. I'm sure that's changing over time. But I remember when I was uh, promoting a product, I was doing really well with my campaigns. And I woke up one day and my campaign had been savaged. And when I checked, a competitor was running the exact same ad, like the exact same headline, exact same body copy, exact same call to action, slightly different URL. It sucks when someone clones your account. Mm. There's a lot of uproar at the moment in the online space about people who are copying other people's products. Their lead magnets, their back-end products, they're just going, they've always got the same excuse. Oh, sorry, it was someone in my team and they didn't tell me or I didn't know about it. But it's very important to respect people's own proprietary IP because it could take you out of business if you cross the wrong person. But it's also crazy to go into paid advertising blind. You have to do your research and the very good operators will have a research protocol They'll go in and do the groundwork. And as I was talking to, they said, unless you do the research, I think it was Caleb, he said, unless you do the research, then, you know, the whole campaign could be doomed to failure. Mm. That's where most of the effort should be in the beginning to start with, to understand what you're getting into. But I will say this, and you would have found this too, Alana, a lot of the people you're coaching in teachtraffic.com are the business owner or the person who's got all the years in the trenches. And intrinsically, quite often they will know their customer pretty well, maybe even subconsciously. Like I feel like I know my customers quite well because I speak to them in the forum every day. I used to meet with them face-to-face every month. Uh, We ran annual events for a decade. Like I have a good sense of what's relevant for my audience and which things they're consuming based on, you know, downloads of the different podcast titles, the different products that we have in our portfolio. I know which ones they consume the more of. And certainly our social media videos, I know which ones get the most views. So I could start there as my sort of no-lose proposition, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I really think that's a good point because at the end of the day, you as the business owner are the person who understands your business the best. Any third-party person or agency that you might get in, they're sort of on the back pedal. They're trying to understand your business. There's sort of a real upheaval in terms of learning the type of customers that you want. So as the business owner, you've got that amazing insight having spoken to your customers and know the pains and frustrations that they have. What are the objections that go through their head? What offers that they would be interested in? And so that IP is so valuable that you can use. I've got one client who has an upsell page that no copyright has been able to beat. He's hoping one day that'll be different, but he's got so much insight into his audience that the Mm. best version he put up has been unbeatable. And it just comes from knowing his customers. Yeah. It's not fancy looking. It's not amazing. But just being relevant is such a big clue. That's like, just be relevant for your audience. If you can get people eliciting that reaction, like, gosh, it's like you're reading my mind. It's like, wow, it's like you're speaking to me. Then you know you're hitting the mark. Exactly. And it's funny, I actually know which particular client you're referring to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's an interesting client actually to mention because this sort of leads into kind of what we're talking about today, which is advertising on different platforms because really your customers are the same. They're just engaging on multiple platforms. However, 
However, what people are willing to do on Facebook might be vastly different to what they're willing to do on Google or YouTube. And so therefore, it's really important to think about what offer is relevant to your customer on that particular platform because your offers might be different for your different platforms. And actually, that was exactly the case with that same client that you're talking about. That client, he's just hitting it out of the park with a different platform altogether, which is fascinating. Like he's gone to another platform that really lends itself to his market and it's like a gold mine Mm. and it's just scaling up like gangbusters. So there is a case for like sometimes you have the best intentions, you're willing to pay the budget, you think a platform might be great, but it might not be the one for you. So you might have to kiss a few frogs to find your prince so to speak. And for me, I've certainly been surprised in the past. You think you know where the market is, but one of the big ones for me was how responsive LinkedIn is for my product. People on LinkedIn like my videos and to come across for coaching, which has been a surprise. I've been really enjoying Amazon for how that works to feed the book. And uh, I wasn't really expecting that, but I learned that one from Alan Dibb, who's got a very successful book on marketing. He showed me his campaign and I thought, well, that's really interesting. (laughs) So I rolled that out. And I think, you know, some people are a little bit too single point sensitive with all their eggs in one basket Mm. on Facebook in particular. We see that. I mean, we see lots of other platforms having carnage. For example, Apple with their app challenges, they've had, there's been big companies, three in a row, like Hey, the people behind Basecamp, there was Fortnite, and then now there was WordPress. They're, you know, blocking updates of their apps. So you just don't want all of your income coming from one source if possible. So if you can figure out a couple of traffic sources, it's good. And that's what I like about your program, Alana, is you're teaching Google and YouTube and Facebook and you've put together this whole thing like a puzzle Mm -hmm. and unlocking that puzzle, it's like scrambling a Rubik's Cube. You get to enjoy all the faces of it if you can solve it. And you also protect your business in the future because you can, you know, dial the mix a little bit. And some might take more than others, but if you can have them all performing, that's good. And certainly with your help, you've set up my um, ads. You know, I I set up and then sent to you for fixing (laughs) the uh, ad campaigns on my brand names, et cetera. And then we've got Facebook campaigns running and we've also deployed YouTube campaigns. So I feel like with those plus where I'm doing my, my business across LinkedIn and Amazon and with my podcasts, the Apple platform, et cetera, uh, I've got a really good spread. And then, of course, SEO, you turn them all on and get them working, you can still have a really relaxed lifestyle and business operation, but you know that you've got multiple pipes coming into your business that are converting and working well and growing and seasoning over time. So where do we go next? Okay, so now that you've really identified what type of business you've got, you know exactly who your business services, be it the customer avatar, and you've identified an offer that potential customer is potentially interested in. The next thing you've got to do is, so as you touched on, James, I'm a big, big believer in you know not investing in just one ad platform diversifying your traffic sources so leveraging uh, facebook and google now i don't want to suggest to your listeners that i suggest you know let's say facebook ads is like the primary way that you generate leads to halve that budget and put the other half in never do that it's like i see people if you've got a traffic source that can turn a dollar into a dollar 20 or a dollar 50 don't turn it off because you found one that turns a dollar into five dollars have them both exactly 
Exactly, exactly. Crazy. And you might find for your business that you've got, you know, a leg in the Facebook ad camp but a toe in the Google camp. That's okay. Mm. You've tapped into another traffic source Yeah. and by no means does it mean that, you, you know, you chop that Facebook leg off. And- this is one of the most important points and it's a crazy thing that marketers do and I've had this, I'm saying at least a dozen times on coaching calls where people will actually start switching off a performing traffic source because they found a better one but why not have them both? Exactly. There's no reason not to. And this is where it really touches on your point before, James, of knowing your numbers. As long as that cost per lead is below that threshold of whatever it is you're prepared to spend on a lead, then it... I'm of the belief it doesn't matter if it's one other platform's costing you a little bit more. As long as it's still under that threshold, you're in the money. Yep. And it does average out, right? It's like your old dollar cost averaging, share purchase plans, et cetera. <laughs> you know, the little data analyst in you is going to get excited about that. But <laughs> like if you made a bad investment over time, you can sort of water down the average of it if you can keep buying in when it's better. So if you spread your ad spend across the board, but in all cases you're making a profit, then it's all profit. So exactly. it's great. And, you know, if you do get a 5X profit or a three times return on ad spend on one platform, by all means, go deep, mm. but don't switch off the one where you only get a one and a half return on ad spend. You're getting a half versus nothing. That's exactly right. So that sort of leads me into the last point for this particular part one episode on this is making sure that you've got everything set up or as I like to call your digital plumbing set up on all your... <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't say digital electrician. <laughs> electrician. <laughs> soft topic for you. Oh my God, I've been getting the runaround. <laughs> he could definitely use some help. That's a classic case where his ads work and he gets the business, but then he blows it all up with bad delivery of service. And this is something I hear from lead gen suppliers. They get the leads, but the customer blows it with the conversion. And it's also sweet to my heart because, you know, back in the dealership days, you could do all the work to get someone to walk in your front door and a salespeople can blow it. So I just wanted to do a little sidebar here and say, no matter what business you've got, make sure your fulfillment side of it, your delivery system is top notch and have good practice so that you get repeat and referral businesses cream on top and also put your customer in a position where they can buy from you in the future. If you do that, then every dollar you spend today will really compound and leverage over time with your existing customer base. Okay, back to you, Alana. So your digital plumbing. (laughs) I was just going to say, I think your listeners might be wondering uh, if there's a specific incident you're referring to. Oh, there is. Yeah, yeah. This podcast was supposed to happen last week and then it was in jeopardy today. My life is being severely interrupted by a... A no-show electrician. (laughs) The electrician, he cannot come on time to save his life. Like, he's got a real issue with it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we won't go into a digital sparky, but that, yeah, no. to set your digital um, plumbing, I'm cool with it. We're going to get our plumbing sorted. Yeah, definitely. And this is really, really important before you spend also a dime on any ads is to get everything set up so when you are ready, you've got all the assets nicely prepared and in place. So what I mean by the digital plumbing is, you know, creating your Facebook account before you spend any money and installing that Facebook pixel on your website, creating your Google ad account and installing their retargeting 
pixel on your website, creating your Google Analytics, etc., and sort of getting all that stuff, which is annoying, I know, but something that you do once and then you never have to do again. And it just sets you up for success for the future. So actually, I have a bit of a checklist that if maybe your listeners want to download for free, which kind of goes through all that plumbing that people have to set up that we actually just use for when we're helping people, obviously, that so they don't forget a thing like, oh, that's right, I didn't create my YouTube channel and link it with my Google ad account, etc. So yeah. So where do we get the checklist? I'm hanging off the edge of my seat now. (laughs) Uh, Teachtraffic.com slash puzzle. Right. So if you get the checklist, so you listen to this episode, that's the homework. Step one, go and get the checklist, Alana's secret special checklist, and make sure that all your system is set up to be able to harness the benefit of what we're going to cover in episode two and three. Correct. So that's a nice introduction. So let's just recap this episode. The main thing we wanted to cover in this episode is why you might be interested in paid traffic. I do paid traffic. I get help now from Alana. She's got really good stuff too. I love it when she sends over a document with prompts that we just fill in that help the ads get written, which I'm sure we're going to cover later. There'll be ad creatives that are required, etc. But of course, you have to set up your pixel and you've got to get your account ready. So it's about wanting to do paid traffic, deciding that it makes sense, knowing that you should do it across multiple platforms, never kill off a campaign if it's making a profit, make sure that when you do get the lead or the traffic or the sale that you follow through and deliver an amazing experience and get the benefit of that. So you should be in a pretty excited state and ready now. If you've gone through the checklist, you're ready for the episode number two, where we're going to go through what? Oh, we're going to go through the initial campaigns that you may want to run, getting started, low-hanging fruit. Oh, fantastic. And then uh, I think episode three is going to be growing and scaling. Oh my God. This is very exciting. Alana, thank you for sharing with us. Thank you. And you can check out Alana's stuff, teachtraffic.com. Go to forward slash puzzle. We'll link to in the show notes too. This is episode 767. And if you haven't done paid traffic before, this is the perfect place to start. If you're already doing it, go through the checklist and see what you've missed because there's probably some opportunities for you as well. I look forward to the next episode, Alana. Thanks so much, James. See ya. Discover how to build your business super fast. Check out superfastbusiness.com.